Here at Them Boys, we like to celebrate where trans men of color are able to legally change their names to the names that best represents who they truly are. We honor each journey. Some of us choose a name that is merely a derivative of our birth names, while others choose a name that is entirely new. At the time of this recording, I referred to Xavier by a different name, which is a name that he no longer resonates with. Let us celebrate Xavier for being vulnerable and for sharing his transition journey. I'm your host, Sean Aaron, and welcome to Them Boys Inc. Podcast. This show is a platform where trans men of color voices can be amplified as we share our transitional stories and many other issues that are relatable to trans men of color in our existence. This show is not only to amplify our voices, but to raise awareness and conversation around our lived experiences. My next guest is a husband, father of three, fitness enthusiast, and first lieutenant in the Army Reserves. In this episode, we talked about mental health, changing our names, moving through the different stages in one's transition, and we also discussed fatherhood. So I hope you enjoy. Hey, this is Sean Aaron. I'm the founder and executive director of Them Boys, Inc. I am also the host of Them Boys Podcast. As you may know, Them Boys provides financial assistance to trans men of color in order for them to obtain gender affirming surgery. We have great news. We're currently looking for volunteers to help support our programs. Our programs include our gender affirming surgery grant program and also our personal care package program. We personally curate packages filled with personal hygiene items, just to name a few things like tissue, soap, towels, toothpaste, and toothbrushes. We mail them out to trans men of color across the country who may be in need of help caring for their personal hygiene needs. We are looking for volunteers to help raise funds to support our programs. Also, we're looking for someone locally to the Bay Area to help us put all of the care packages together. If our mission is something that resonates with you and you would like to help support our work, just let us know. You can send an email to hello at themboys.org. That is H-E-L-L-O at D-E-M-B-O-I-S dot org. And we will get back to you with further details. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoy the next episode. Welcome to Them Boys Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Aaron. He, him, his. And my next guest is a husband, father of three, a fitness enthusiast and an officer in the Army. Welcome to the show, Jay. Hey, appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for having me. It's my honor to be here and to just share the same platform as you. So thank you so much, man. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Glad to have you. So where are you? Uh, where are you located right now? So I am currently in Dallas, Texas. Uh, been here since 2013. So once I graduated college, I pulled up to Dallas and I've been stuck ever since. Oh, that's what's up. Is Dallas <laughs> the place to be or what? Uh, Dallas isn't too bad, to be honest with you. Dallas has a lot of growth opportunities depending upon the type of job, If you, especially if you're into corporate insurance and banking. It's, it's really big job markets out there for that, as well as uh, IT and technology. So Dallas is, is a pretty it's a pretty great place to be, to be honest with you. Oh, that's cool. I don't know if I could do it with the heat, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the heat is too much for me. I'm over here in the Bay Area, so it, it can be warm, but then it's going to cool down in the evening. There you like you get your real summer heat, right? Oh, yeah. You're going to get that. And you're also going to get these beautiful rolling power outages mm. uh, thanks to Encore Energy. So, yeah, mm. it, it gets pretty intense sometimes. OK, we get that, too, <laughs> over here with PG&E. Same thing. Ah. Uh. That's sad. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So let's let's talk about your name, Jay. So how did how did the name choose you? Yeah, man, that's a really deep one. Uh, but to keep it real simple, um, it's a derivative from my birth name, and I just basically just took my initials. I went by Jay in college, and a lot of people just kind of clung onto it, and I just kind of kept it. And, I, and it's crazy that you ask about my name because I'm actually in the process of changing my name. I have not shared that at all, but um, I've decided on a new name that fits me and who I am now. And so I'm willing to let go of the past, which is Jay. But until the time being, I'm going to go ahead and roll with Jay so everybody okay. can kind of keep up with me a little bit. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> I got you. You want to you want to say what the name is that you chose or no? I, I think I might surprise them with it. Okay. Man. I might surprise right. people with it. I got yeah. you. All right, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look forward to that. 
okay. <laughs> yeah, so, definitely changing your name is, is definitely a, a birthing process. I was talking about this before, like when you change your name, I celebrate. Well, the first couple of years that I changed my name, now it's just on me. Sean is just here. I'm Sean, you know, but when yeah. I first changed my name, it was like a, a birthing celebration. I was like, that's my second birthday. So I, I always wanted to celebrate and hold that date of when I was able to actually give myself the name that meant something to me. See, that's beautiful. And and I guess when it came to me changing my name initially a few years ago, it was just, well, back in, back in the day, it just kind of chose me and I just kind of stuck with it because it made other people feel comfortable. And it was also like a good like middle ground. So it really wasn't like the name that I truly wanted. It was just a name that just kind of fit. And so I just kind of rolled with it like, hey, I'll, yeah, it's fine. I'll be Jay. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, I, and I feel the same way you feel about like your name now. Like I went through, you know, I was talking to my wife and I was like, hey, like, I was like, how do you feel if I change my name? And she was like, you know, what makes you want to change it? At first, she was just kind of reluctant there. She just didn't understand where I was coming from. And I had to really like say, hey, babe, like, I'm serious. Like, I really do want to change my name. Like, I've been truly thinking about it and I'm not happy. I feel like I'm settling and I want to, I want my name to represent me and who I am. And and I don't think that that does that. I feel like I'm always being triggered. You know, It's always reminding me of my past self. Like, I want to be able to be like, hey, this is who I am and and this is me moving forward so it's it's crazy you say that like I and I feel like this new name is going to be a, a better celebration and representation of me and I'm, I'm very very excited about that and it's good that you were able to celebrate you know the name that you chose for you because it's it's very important and it's also scary and at times it can feel a little overwhelming it's like am I trying to convince myself that this is my name am I trying to you know it, it it's a process like you said it's a rebirth process and I don't think a lot of people take it seriously enough where they just kind of stick with the derivative of their birth name and just call it and just keep going from there, not knowing that that could be something that could become a trigger for you at a later time. It just, I just kind of caught mine a few years into the process, but you know, some guys, they don't. That's a, that's a good point. I know I've been actually thinking about changing my name again. So my name is Sean Aaron, last name mm-hmm. Hill. I don't go by Hill. Uh, obviously, that's like my father's name, right? And I don't have anything to do with my father. He never had anything to do with me. and. When I transitioned, he told me I was always going to be his. He told me this. I was always going to be his baby girl, no matter what I do. So I told him, check this out. As far as I'm concerned, I ain't never got to talk to you again. Hung up the phone and I ain't talked to him in probably, it's been about 10 years now. So I don't go by that last name. I dropped it. So I'm thinking about just legally just dropping it in general and just going to Sean Aaron. It's like, why not? Right. It's like, this is the name that I chose for me. This is what I go by. What people know me by. And so, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And like when you change your name, it, it's really hard because it's like, you know, like you said, it depends on your relationship with your family. I know for me, like my grandfather was a big, a really big um, male role model in my life growing up. And so I, t- I took a piece of my grandfather, which also so happened to be a piece of my father, like my father, my biological father. He wasn't able to be in the picture when I was a kid. But uh, when I came as an adult and we and we decided to nurture our relationship, like from that point forward it's been nothing but healthy and love. Like it's, it's been the biggest surprise factor of my life. Honestly, I didn't think that I would even, I would ever have a relationship with my father, but my father also has the same name as my grandfather. And so it was important for me to take pieces of both of them and really just go ahead and, and bring that into me. So I, I'm super excited, man. But, you know, I'm sorry that you had to go through that with your dad. It's never fun. I think that a lot of people don't understand, like when it comes to, transitioning man you really do truly lose a lot and you are really recreating yourself Mm -hmm. to the core and like you said with changing your last name like that's a big deal like wanting to separate yourself in that way in that capacity you know because I mean from from moving from moving forward if somebody pulled like their genealogy and they'd be like oh here's my dad Sean now you're not gonna show any ties to these other people you may show it genetically but you know and when it comes to your name it's not going to be any ties there and that that's a pretty big deal man yeah, yeah. But I always think that family is by love and not by blood anyway. So, Absolutely. you know, yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. He never really was that that important. I won't say he wasn't important. He could have been important. He's a he's a wonderful man. Don't get me wrong. He's wonderful. He just didn't know how to be a father. And that's OK. Some don't. A lot <laughs> yeah. don't. And that's and that all comes up to me in my in my opinion. Um, I really think that really comes back to upbringing, man. You know, a lot of our dads um are men's men which which is still weird to me i still don't like that concept yeah. but they're men's men and so a lot of their validation comes from other men and so being being emotionally available being someone who is accepting and loving you know like Dwayne wade is with his daughter 
you know, being that type of man was always frowned upon, especially back in the day. So now, you know, these, these guys are really, truly, you know, fighting against what they have been told to believe versus what they feel. And a lot of times it's easy for them to cut off what they feel. So, you know, it just sucks that they're going to miss out on some amazing people in the process. I mean, I'm sure it seems like you're a really great man. So it just kind of sucks that he's going to miss out on, you know, the man that you've become in the process. And it's just, it's just sad, man. (laughs) It really is. Yeah, it is. But then, you know, just like, that's like, I'm a father, you're a father as well. We get into that, but it also shapes the way you father your children and wanting to, to wanting to be different and raise your children different. So I just want to know, like, tell us your, your transition journey from how it began and up until now. Uh, it's so crazy. Like, you know how you look back onto your life and you're like, dang, like, I wish I wish I had the 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 verbiage to really say, dang, I already kind of knew. But it's so crazy. I feel like I've always known, but I've always, like, talked myself out of it because I never knew it was actually possible. Like, I didn't know that transitioning was even possible until I, like, was in my 20s. So uh, growing up, like, you know, I always knew I was different, as everybody always say. Like, I really just never could put my finger on it. It just never felt right. Being called a lesbian never felt right. Being called gay just never felt right. It was it was that not that it was anything wrong with it to me. It just it didn't really fit who I was. I, w- I would always tell like my best friend at the time, which all my best friend were women. I was like, no, no, I'm straight. I'm straight. And she was just like, I don't get it. I'm like, shit, I don't get it either. But I'm straight. You know what I'm saying? And um. I didn't come to terms with uh with really liking women until or be admitting to myself that I liked women until I was 17 years old. I uh, had my very first girlfriend in high school. And, you know, when I went to college and I played collegiate sports, of course, you know, women then as well. So I always dated women. I, I, I identified as um, as a stud back then, uh, whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. And um, I still I still didn't get it. I always felt uncomfortable. Um. I just always felt just kind of off. I didn't really know what it was. Um, when I hit my 20s, I met my very first, well, I'm sorry, let me rewind. I I used to watch videos on YouTube, like, back in the day. And it was, like, two guys I used to follow on YouTube who actually transitioned. I didn't, mentally, I didn't know what that meant. Like, I really couldn't, I didn't get it, but I got it. Like, I didn't even know it was even real. I was like, I don't get it. Mm. And I would watch their videos, and they would talk about, like, their transition journeys. And I, it, I just kind of brushed it off because I was like, nah, that could never be me. I can't do that. I can't do nothing like that. And it's me in my in my teens. Like, I'm going to say probably like 16, 18-ish, 19. And then fast forward to my 20s, I just I would get into relationships and I just always felt off or wrong. or It's just something just didn't feel right within myself. I was really self-sabotaging like a lot of things. And uh, when I, I actually was married before my current wife, so my my very first marriage, it, it just kind of was going south and I was dealing with a lot of things internally, a lot of uh, nightmares that I constantly had just kind of being feeling like I was all over the place. I started going to therapy. I was like, man, I just really want to, it was little things like touching my chest, like made me feel so uncomfortable, like, you know, or saying things like, Oh, you're beautiful. Or, Oh, you know, you're gorgeous. Or like anything that was feminine, even growing up as a kid, like I'm always like, you want to be called handsome. I'm like, I don't know. Can I, it was really never like a question. Like, do you want to be called handsome? It was like, you don't want to be that, do you? You don't want to be that, do you? So it was very, very discouraging. So, you know, as an adult, like I didn't know how to navigate that. Fast forward, I started going to therapy. I started undressing or um, deconstructing, you know, how I was feeling. And when I talked about it, she had me do like this uh, exercise where it was just like, okay, here are all your options, right? Here's the whole gender spectrum. Like gender is a spectrum. She was like, where do you feel like you fit on this and I just kept rejecting, I just kept rejecting, like transitioning, like trans man. I just kept rejecting it, kept rejecting, rejecting it. It was just so much negative stigma um, just attached to that word, you know, in my mind because of everybody else. And I just really kept rejecting it. When I got to a point where I was just like, you know what, forget everybody else. Like, this is, this is how I feel and what I want to do, what makes me feel comfortable. And I, and I was finally brave enough to step into the light of actually um, mentally transitioning at that point. So. Once I once I got past the mental barrier of being afraid to admit to myself that I was trans, um, I think everything else from there just kind of unfolded. And I got out of a lot of very toxic situations internally, which then manifested itself within like my relationship with other people around me. So that's kind of like my journey, just really at a young age, like not really understanding what's going on. 
as I started to see other guys, it didn't really make sense to me because I never actually seen it in real life. Became an adult, um, started unpacking those emotions and those feelings about, you know, my, my body dysphoria, like not wanting my chest being touched and the, the feminine, the feminine thing, anything womanly, I rejected it. <laughs> and then uh, just finally got to a point of just like, okay, it was like a grieving process, I guess you could mm-hmm. say, just kind of finally accepting it and just being like, you know what, I'm going to own this shit. Like, <laughs> I'm going to own it. Yeah. And I'm a rocket. So, yeah, it's been it's been uh, it's been interesting ever since. So I yeah. feel like it's a it's a new life. It's a new it's a whole new journey in itself. You know, yeah. <laughs> so. a, a new beginning. I always like to say that it's like going through uh, puberty, but being able to wa- watch yourself from the outside. Because like we went through it the first time. We didn't understand it. Right. We grow in these yeah. parts we don't like. We We had a lot of dysphoria around it. But now. You have that choice. You made the choice and you able to watch yourself grow up in a different kind of way. Yeah. It's, the only thing about my journey, I'm going to say it's probably a little different, is that, you know, I'm now a dad as I'm transitioning. Mm. And so it's like a double whammy. I was like, I'm trying to enjoy some of the changes that I'm going through, but I'm still trying to understand what's going on with myself. And then I'm still like trying to make sure I'm pouring into you know, two, two kids or three mm-hmm. kids, you know, we have three children, yeah. but like, you know, of course they're baby babies. So it's a little different. So trying to make sure that I'm still showing up, you know, and being a dad at the same time as I'm navigating, becoming a man and becoming a dad. So mm. yeah, that's <laughs> so, a, it's a lot all entangled within each oh, other. Man. Oh yeah. I'll tell anybody if you're going to, if this is your journey, um, go ahead and, and go through your, your transition you're, if you're choosing to medically transition, go through your medical transition for at least a good two years before you mm. decide to step in this space. That would be my suggestion. Um, I know a lot Why of people. Um, because it's kind of hard to focus on yourself and focus and, and, cel- and celebrate yourself in the process of uh, trying to be emotionally inf- and being emotionally available for those around you. Mm. You know, with the because when you're transitioning, to be honest with you, for me personally there are some things that I'm still struggling with. And instead of me dealing, being able to deal with my emotions from some things that I struggle with within my transition that are not where I want them to be yet. I can't really just sit in those things. I have to put on, a, I had to put on a happy face and, and show up for my kids. I got to be smiling the happy daddy. And, you know, and not that I'm pretending or anything like that, because I don't want them to be like, dang, like this dude always sad, <laughs> you know, this, dang, this dude always on some other stuff. Like, no, I want to be able to be like, hey, man, my dad, when I was a baby, I remember this dude was always smiling and laughing and we had a good time, you know? Mm. But I'm still trying to make sure I'm showing up for myself too. It's just it's just a little difficult at times. I can, I can see how that's difficult. I know that it, I know that you are married, so it does help when you have a partner that loves and care about you and is able to show up for you in a way and, and to give you that space that you need to actually go through the things you need to go through. Yeah, it is def- definitely hard to move in those spaces. I was married at the time when I went through my transition. And I think I've heard people say, yo, wait two years until you. And of course, I'm not in that situation. I can't do that. I can't just be like, all right, family, I'm out. I'll be back in two years. You know, so it, <laughs> so it was really hard to navigate your mental because everything changes and you don't yeah. expect it. You see videos on YouTube. You're like, OK, this dude went through that. But when you actually going through it yourself, it's a lot that folks miss out or don't tell you that yeah. you're going to go through. It's like the anger and the way your body changes and all that. The reaction to the the tea. It just I saw a whole bunch of different things that you're not prepared for that you need to work out within yourself. And, and it's, you know what, I was, it's so crazy. I, I talked to, I talked to a lot of guys, a lot of my friends now, it, what it seems is if um, it's a lot of this whole law of attraction happened. It's like, as soon as I, you know, got brave enough to step into who I am as a person, it's like, I started to be surrounded by a village of men who, who, who also like walking similar journeys. And I always have different conversations. Like most of the guys um, that I'm, I'm cool with are either my age. So I'm 32. So either in their thirties or, you know, close to 40. And a lot of the conversation that we have, we talk about, we talk about a lot of things that we, that we didn't realize were, was a thing until we actually started uh, transitioning, meaning um, really just the, the emotional aspect of things like being emotionally intelligent, you know, or, or how, how, how are you going to start to view yourself? Like at, you know, being a masculine presenting female, um, you feel like you're a big fish in a, in a little pond. Mm-hmm. And then once you start transitioning and you realize like, 
hey, I'm a little, I'm a short guy, you yeah. know, hey, I'm, I'm a short guy, like I'm a little, yeah. I'm a small frame guy. It's like I have to now pull from different areas of myself to make myself not feel like a small fish in, in a big pond. Mm. So it's a lot of things that you deal with emotionally um, and mentally, like with transitioning that people, they don't discuss. It's like people get so caught up on the physique. They get so caught up on the body redistribution. They get so caught up on the mustaches and, you know, the hair loss and just the physical attributes of it. It's like they don't really understand, like, hey, bro, like you got you going to the men's bathroom now. You've never been inside of a men's bathroom mm. before. So you're going in there. It's like you kind of in shock a little bit, like, you know, a little bit. Kind of, It's a whole new environment. And now you're reintroducing yourself into it at the same time. You're trying to go into it with a demeanor like you're not a child. And you know? mm. so it's a lot Ooh, of that's so good. Man, it's a lot of moving space. Like even now, like, you know, I just got to a point within myself and even within my transition now where I get dad a lot and I get man a lot. So it's like, hey, um, you cannot go to the women's bathroom. You have to navigate out of that space. And it's like it's a discomfort there because it's like, am I am I masculine enough for people to not say anything to me going to the men's bathroom? Or am I like too feminine? And maybe I should probably be like, you know, try to go this way and take a chance so it's been a lot man it's been a lot of it's, it's a lot that you go through that people don't talk about and they kind of negate from those things because it's not what attracts more of the audience like more mm. people want to know about the surgeries mm. you know they want to know about those things how did this feel how did like it's so much deeper than that man and that's that's one thing i always try to make sure i let people know like bro transition is a lot deeper it is it than is. just the physical man yeah that's crazy that you say that because i i think that i've I never really thought that other people think that. So I'm short. I ain't going to even lie. I, I tell people I'm five, five, but I'm not. I'm five, three. I'm not even five, three. Actually, I think I'm five, two and a half or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I've always felt bad because I was short. Even when I was socialized as a, as a female, I felt bad because I was short. I'm the shortest person in my family. So mm -hmm. when I transition, it's a whole different thing. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm shorter than everybody in here now. And I'm a man in this room with all the other men. So it's like, am I man enough because I'm short? So I have to really mm -hmm. work through that. Of <laughs> To be honest, we all different shapes and sizes, even cisgender men. There are some cisgender men that are five too. And it's just that yeah. it doesn't determine who you are as a man, just because you're short. So it, it takes a lot of work though, and therapy and a lot yeah. of work to realize that my height doesn't determine who I am as a man, a trans masculine person. It just don't. It just don't. I'm here. I'm five two. So what? You know what I mean? I get it, but you know, like you said, it takes a lot of work to get to that space. Like, I mean, I'm I'm not five two. I'm I'm five six, five seven. You ain't right? Got to throw that in my face like that. I, I'm sorry, man. Look, they got they got these two inserts, right? <laughs> no, but but like, but you know, I'm still early on, so like, you know, my my voice is like on the cusp of like either sound. I'm like, I have I feel as if. Some days are better than others, but I'm like on that spectrum of like the androgyny, like and I still kind of get the man with black people because black people, for some reason, they be like, gotcha, gotcha. But everybody else is just like, hey, what's up, sir? What's up, man? No, I don't have no issues with it. But black people, I don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's more of just that thing for me, like going into the men's room. Like I know like my physique wise like that. Like if you look at my physique, you'll be like, OK, that's a nigga. But, you know, but when I speak. I just don't want nobody to be like, oh, hold up. You know what I'm saying? Try to charge me up on some, on some stuff. But that's really, it's just like, it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of insecurities that we deal with, like, as we're moving forward within our process that I think that more people need to start talking about mm -hmm. and really stay and really help a lot of guys unpack, especially early on in your transition, because a lot of guys, they just shoot themselves up with testosterone. You know, they're not educated to know, like what, what their levels need to be between mm. they just kind of doing whatever their doctor telling them to do, or maybe trying to do a little bit more because they think more will help them get more changes, which I'm living proof that that doesn't work. It doesn't happen. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's, it's a lot of things, man. I, I could go on and on for days, man, but I just think we need to talk more. We need to have more of these type of discussions to really kind of help everybody understand, not really everybody, but other men or other people who are transitioning understand that it's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. And I think we could we could talk about what goes into it, but you really don't know for sure, for sure, until you actually in the process yeah. yourself. And what Absolutely. might affect us may not affect somebody else. Absolutely. But it's awareness, though. It's yeah, just having sure. a level of awareness saying, hey, this could possibly be something that I, that I stumble into. Sure. You may because I know 
So some of my guy friends, like, they ain't stumbling into these things until they hit year three, four mm. with the beards and the mustaches and the deep mm. voice and shit like that. They didn't, they didn't encounter a lot of these different emotions and feelings until they got further along into their journeys. Mm. Mm. That's so, so true. Yeah. That's so true. Like, dang, you pulling out a lot of good nuggets because I'm realizing some of the some of my trigger points as well uh, that happened years down the line, like even with just uh, facial hair. But I want to go back to the bathroom really quick. One thing that yeah. I convinced myself of in the restroom, because I have I talked about it in previous episodes, but I have a lot of trauma with restrooms. Uh, people calling me out. It's just a lot of trauma around restrooms. Even now, even with the passing. I still have a lot of trauma with the restrooms. But what I did, how one thing that I convinced myself was I realized a lot of the motherfuckers in the bathroom ain't really paying attention to you. So you go in there with so much stress and so much anxiety about being in there. And I realized I look around while well, I try not to look around because it ain't my business what you're doing in the bathroom. But <laughs> I realized ain't nobody fucking paying attention. I think that it was a difference for me to realize that women in the restroom pay attention. Yeah. Being in the restroom, they don't give a shit. Half the time, a lot of cisgender men don't even wash their hands. Excuse me. I've noticed. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's a difference. I realize they going in the bathroom and they really ain't paying attention to you, what you doing in the bathroom is what I noticed. So that was a way to kind of like ease my anxiety about me actually going in there. I, I tend to not look at people because I don't want nobody looking at me in the bathroom. I'm just going in there to take a piss, wash my hands or Whatever I go in there to do, I give a shit what you do in the bathroom because I wouldn't want nobody caring what I'm doing. So I try to re- extend that same grace, I should say. You know, the crazy part is, like, I guess um, I think I just kind of had this epiphany. It's like, dude, it's a bathroom. You know, like I literally said it to myself, I'm like, dude, it's a bathroom. Like, go in there and get out. Like, it's mm. too easy. Just go in that mug. Just hope it don't stink. Like literally, it's <laughs> bathroom, dude. Like just get in there and get out. Like nobody's nobody's charging you up. Nobody's saying nothing to you. Most times you got a hat and a mask on. They don't know what's going on right. under your stuff. Only you. Like you're projecting all this stuff. Just go pee and get it over with. Like for real, for real. And I th- and honestly, like you know, I'm I'm not saying this because everybody should do it or this is you know this is just kind of how I exist, but. You know, I think it's really just having, I think it's really just the whole waiting for a stall thing that really kind of stresses a lot of guys out. It's just that aspect of it. Like, you know, now, I mean, now that I have, um, I have things that help me get in and out. Like, you know, I do, I don't use like a, like a standard, you know, standard P that looks like a thing. And like, I just use like a standard, just I'm able to go and get out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think once you've, once, once you find that, that thing that makes you comfortable to be able to get in and get out, I don't think that you would, that guys would have so much anxiety with mm. going to the restroom. Because I mean, I think it's really just a squatting and peeing thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. I think that's what it is too. Because I always like, damn, somebody gonna hear me pee and they gonna know that I'm not standing up to pee. So that's a lot of where my anxiety comes from of having to sit in the stall. But I I've worked through that, so I that's just my just my thing with the restroom was like, as far as anxiety go, but just like I said before, like realizing that ain't nobody really paying attention. That's how I psych myself out. I should say, ain't nobody looking at me Go in the bathroom. Just like you said, it's a bathroom, go in there, take a piss, do what you got to do and get the hell out. Wash it, wash your hands (laughs) and then get the hell out. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a father. My son is 25 years old. He's about to be 26 years old. Are you like what? 60? <laughs> nah, <man. laughs> don't put me there. <laughs> nah, it's all good. But I'm 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 41, and my son, um, I love my son, and I and I did the best that I could to raise him as a father. And I went through my transitioning right when my son was probably maybe 13 years old. Okay. Um, so that's that's a whole nother journey as well. So you a father, father of three. How yeah. how is that? How is fatherhood to you? Honestly, it, it's a lot of learning. Um, it's a lot of, um, in the process, I'm realizing that I am healing a lot of myself. Um, being a dad, like a lot of my childhood traumas, a lot of the things that, you know, I wish were differently in my life, you know, with, with the love and the affection, you know, with the hugs and just with the smiles and just little things like that. And really just trying to appreciate moments. Like I'm, I'm, I realize, I'm realizing I'm healing a lot of myself internally by by being their dad so yeah it's it's a process though it's it's <laughs> it's a journey it's a lot of patience mm. um it's a lot of uh getting out of my own way like get out getting out of my own feelings or my own frustrations 
and just really having more empathy um, to how they're feeling and where they are and why they feel the way they feel, you know, because, I mean, they can't communicate. Um, and then when, when it comes to my 16-year-old, you know, just really helping her understand just basic things. Uh, my biggest thing is safety. So safety. And then, of course, you know, it's, it's loving yourself because, you know, a lot of times there were a lot of situations I didn't love myself. And really just helping her unpack, you know, a lot of things that she's going through and a lot of feelings that she's feeling. So it's really it's 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 a journey, man. It's a journey. I, I love it. You know, and as I said before, wait till he is. <laughs> Yeah. Um, just wait, just you know, for anybody who is looking to step into this space, like really truly understand like what it's going to look like. Cause I think that people just kind of say gen- generic things like, oh, wait to have kids or wait for this or wait for that. Or, you know, I think that people don't really have a true picture of what that even means. Hey, this is Sean Aaron, the host of Them Boys Podcast. Are you enjoying the podcast so far? Great. I'm glad that you are. Would you consider donating today to help support the continuation of this podcast? As you know, this podcast aims to serve as a platform to highlight and amplify the voices of trans men of color and share our transition stories. The podcast not only aims to amplify trans men of color voices, but it also raises awareness around our lived experiences. You would like to donate? Where can you donate? Great. I'm glad that you asked. Link in our description will take you directly to Network for Good, whom we've partnered with in order to collect donations for the podcast. Or you can visit our website. On the website, click the donate button. And from there, you are able to donate directly to the podcast. All donations are tax deductible. What does the donations go to? Oh, I'm glad that you asked. Your donation will help to support our production costs. We are working with Jasmine from Pink Lady Productions that brings you this awesome content. And also, we pay our guests an honorarium. Pay our guests an honorarium? Yes, we do. Why? Because as trans men of color, we would like to support and uplift each other and honor the time that's given out to come here and share their stories. So if you love this podcast, share and donate. See you on the next episode. Take care. My wife and I had a date night um, last week and we were at this restaurant, you know, and of course my wife loves to talk, bring up the kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the number one thing I would do. It's our date night from the kids, you know, <laughs> and, uh, we got twin babies and things like that. And, uh, and the, the, the waiter, he was like, yeah, you know, my girl and I were thinking about, you know, having kids. And I was just like, um, are you really prepared for that? And he was like, what do you mean? I'm like, you know, I'm not telling you to wait. I'm not telling you what to do with your life or with your time. I said, however, I I need you to understand that your time is no longer your time. Meaning your kids do not know what day of the week it is. They don't know what time it is. Right. You may have other stuff that you need to do or whatever, but it doesn't matter to kids. Mm. So if you enjoy, you know, waking up and whenever you want to wake up to silence or on the weekends, you enjoy being able to sleep in. Just know that those things are going to be taken away from you, right? Like when the kid, when the twins were first born, for the first two and a half months of their life, they were waking up every every two hours. You know, sometimes the forty five minutes. You know, they'll take a little forty five minutes sleep, wake up starving, screaming. Like, yeah, you you may or may not have paternity leave. Mm. Like, you have to really truly understand that. that people tell you, "Are oh, you going to be tired?" No, you need to really truly see. What that means when somebody say you're going to be tired, like it doesn't matter. And now on top of that, you not only do you have one or two little ones that you're taking care of, maybe more. You're also dealing with your your wife just got either cut open or she just pushed a whole human out of her. Mm. And so now she's tired. I'm sorry. Not I don't mean to be um, I don't mean to, to be that way. The birthing person. Mm. So whoever births the baby, um, they're going to be tired. They're going to be exhausted. They're, you're going to see them overextending themselves, trying to show up and make sure that you're not doing too much. And it's it's a lot. Like, it's going to be a lot that's going to be going on at one time. So when you say that you want children and you're going to be involved in those children's lives, it's going to be a lot of things that are going to completely change mm. drastically. And you need to truly, truly be honest with yourself if you are financially in a space mm. because you know, my, my wife and I, we had our we had our twins via IVF. That was twenty one thousand mm. dollars. 
So we had to really truly paint a financial picture of what our lives are going to look like when the twins are born. So are we going to be able to afford childcare? You know, can we both still work? If we both still cannot work, what is that going to do? Like, what is it going to look like financially for our, for our household but for affording diapers, affording, like, you know, just the basic necessities? If she cannot breastfeed, affording those things. I mean, people are going to give you gifts, yes, but really truly have a financial plan of what things are, what, or what things are going to look like. Prepare for everything. And it's not to say that to scare anybody or make them not want to have children, but to paint a realistic picture of, hey, this is what this is going to look like. Or what if something happens to the birthing person in the process? If they don't survive, like now you're going to be in these situations where you're truly by yourself. So are you going to have support from family? Like, are you going to have support from friends? Because your friendships are going to change. Once you become a parent, your friendships change because mm. you no longer have all of that time that you used to have back in the past. Are your friends going to be, are they going to be understanding of that? Because I mean, it's going to be a lot, a lot, of, a lot of changes that I think that people do not truly understand and prepare for where they just get so excited about what they see in like they they'll see me and my family like oh family goals social media family it's yes we our lives we do have a partnership don't get me wrong but some days my wife is doing 80 percent of it because i'm exhausted and i'm doing 20 Mm. or sometimes it's 50 50 sometimes it's it it just depends on the day so people need to really have a a more realistic viewpoint of, of what it's going to look like if they do decide to have children in their lives. So that's what I mean when I say be prepared for for it all. You know what I'm saying? That's so it's so a realistic picture, man, because people yeah. don't really get that. Like the car seats, you know, can your vehicle, do you have to get another vehicle? Man, like, so are you good. truly going to be willing to bend down and get all this stuff out of a sedan? Or are you going to be able to fit the, the stroller in the car? Like all these things, man. So I just, that that's just me. Like I'm always telling people, hey, you got to, I know you probably see this. You probably see us and be like, oh, I want that. I want the marriage. I want the kids. I'm like, yo, enjoy where you are because you you can never get more if you're never grateful for what you have for one. And you really have to do a lot of work before you get to these spaces in a healthy way because you could anybody can just have kids. Mm. But are you going to be a, a parent, a healthy so parent, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. so good. If I was your waiter, I would have said, I'm going on break. I ain't waiting at the <laughs> table. <laughs> That's too much. And I don't want kids after all, after that conversation. But people don't prepare. Like, and having a child is a life dedication. You dedicate your life, really. Cause even my son at 25, sometimes he still need me. Hey, dad. Hey, dad, can you help me? Or dad, I need some advice. Or dad, what would you do? Mm-hmm. So it's not just okay when you're 18, like my mother did me. No, but it's 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 a lifelong process. And when Absolutely. you're getting them knocks at the door when you want to sleep in and they 16 or 15, but they still want to ask you something that you trying to sleep in. So it's, it is definitely a life, a life changing situation to, to be prepared for it. That's a good, that's a good way to put it and a good way to get people thinking of like, do you really, do you really want this in your life? Not do you want it. Are you ready for it? Are you ready for it? Yes. Cause it's, it, it, it's, it's, I mean, honestly, one kid would, would have been so easy. And I think God was like, nah. Yeah. Sprinkle, sprinkle another one. Up. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. appreciate it, bro. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. As a tra- a transparent, a trans identified person, as a parent, do you handle fatherhood or parenthood in a different type of way? Do you think there was some type of mental preparation that you needed for that? I don't. I don't know. I don't know, man. I've been. I've been healing for for a few years, man. I, I think that I, I think that all the healing that I've been doing through therapy has really like prepared me just to be a good like partner. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, like it's not even just being a husband. It's like being a great partner, mm. like really, truly like being able to show up and just be there and be and, and be whole by myself and not needing to grab bits and pieces from my spouse, for me to feel some type of way, feel like I can do this. Like, I think it's because of my healing journey. I really feel like I'm, I, I was already like mentally in that space. Um, but it, I'm, I'm still growing. I'm still learning. It's always more for me to, <laughs> it's always more that I can do, you know, but I think, I think the therapy got me there, man. I yeah. think it was a therapy. Therapy is a beautiful thing. I talk about it often in, in these episodes. And I think that's starting to be like the topic amongst me with me and other guests about how important uh, therapy is and your mental health. And you made a, you made a, a, 
a statement that mental transition is not is just as important as your physical transition. Yes. How how do you feel about that? You want to talk about that more? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm all, I'm always about being prepared. I always tell people like be prepared for what what may happen, right? So a lot of times, you know, you can you can change the outside of something, but if you don't change what's internal, it, it did any change actually happen? Because if you're not changing how you navigate certain situations, I'll give you an example. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a dad and I have, I have three daughters and I have a wife, right? My oldest daughter is 16. So one thing that I make sure that I'm conscious of is whenever I'm using the restroom or, or something like that in our bedroom, that I keep a door closed because I need to establish, hey, I'm, I'm a man and, you know, you're a woman when you go to the bathroom. You close the door and I go to the bathroom, I'm closing the door. So there's a separation. There's some some type of privacy there. So mentally already in a space saying that, hey, like even regardless of whatever, right, regardless of surgeries, no surgeries, parts, no parts, regardless of all these things, I'm a man and you're a woman. When you go to the bathroom as a young woman and there's a man in the, in the room or whatever, you need to make sure that you are closing the door. So already creating those boundaries. And that's why I'm saying, like, mentally being in a space like, OK, because some people can be like, well, you know, well, yeah, it's fine. Like, we can all just, you know, keep their open, whatever. Like, no, there needs to be a separation there. Like, because that's for me, that's the mental aspect of it is you are is you mentally saying, hey, I'm a whole man out here. I need there to be some type of separation here. Like, there need to be some type of privacy here, regardless on whatever you think or may want to think I'm a whole man in this situation. But no, when I went through my uh, my mental transition, that my, that was just an example. But when I went through my mental transition, it was really just a lot of um, unlearning, unlearning of how to navigate through life, of how I spoke to myself, um, how I behave around, you know, women, um, just certain situations, going to somewhere like, like not squeezing behind a woman to go <laughs> to go somewhere. But man, the mental transition for me was like probably the biggest aha moment. It was probably the biggest aha moment because it, it takes a lot of bravery to really go against what everybody's telling you you are or who you are mm. and for you to really truly step into yourself. You know, because I mean, the physical shit is going to happen. Like you're going, you're going to get eventually, you know, over time depends upon your genetics. Like you, you're going to get the facial hair, you're going to get the body body changes you're going to get all these things but if you if you don't change your mentality if you don't change how you navigate in the world you know you're you're, you're literally going from being like a black woman in america to being one of america's most wanted mm. you have to move differently you have to be smarter you have to protect yourself in different ways. You may be able to walk outside at night and not worry about a guy trying to trying to steal you, but then you got to worry about the police coming up behind you trying to kill you. So you have different circumstances now, different situations. But the the mental aspect of it really truly is the hardest part. It's like you said, it's something that we deal with, like the body dysphoria. When it comes to like the bathrooms, like we talked about earlier, you know, whether it comes to being misgendered, you know, those, those triggers um, comes to the name thing, you know, still accidentally hear somebody else on the other aisle name is Lauren and your past name was Lauren and you hearing it and it, and it triggers something within you. Mm. Like you never, you never unpacked that. Like you never got past that, you know? So it, it's that mental transition, man, that, that is something that is very, very important because it doesn't matter what all you get on the outside. If you do not, if you do not mentally take care of yourself as you're transitioning, you're you're going to probably end up in a mental institution somewhere, man. You you're you're not going to be happy. You're never going to be happy. So so, what is your advice to someone that's listening? They're like, you know what? I I, I hear you. I'm 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 getting ready to transition, but I'm not quite sure how to get my mental together. What would be your advice to someone and how to begin to shift and change their mental man i did a lot of my unpacking the therapy like i noted that i know i just keep keep going back to therapy because man i my therapist is a black woman right mm. 
I, I find pride in, in a lot of my doctors who, who take care of me being black women because black women are the most empathetic people. Um, mm. The most, uh, they're not going to judge you as much. Like you're going to get, you're going to get that love like from a black woman. I don't know. I was raised by really strong black women. So that, that's where my comfort is, is, is black women. Mm. <laughs> so uh, my number one thing would be, you know, for one, find your village. Cause I mean, we're everywhere. <laughs> black trans men are everywhere. We got hashtags. You know, you can find, you can find a guy who will instantly pull it and help you out. Whatever it is you need to do. You want to figure out how to get started, whatever. You're going to find some, some, you're going to find some everybody out there. There are some crazies. Um, but really just truly pay attention to who you, who you're talking to for one, you know, you got to make sure it's a stand-up guy because you, if it's, you can, you can tell the toxic masculinity, you can, you can smell it from a mile away, mm. but truly go to therapy, uh, get you a therapist that you feel safe with, um, that you feel safe opening up to about the things that you don't even like to talk to with yourself. Like get someone who makes you feel that safe. That'd be the biggest thing is, is the therapy. And um, the next thing I would say is um, understand that when it comes to unpacking a lot of things mentally and spiritually and emotionally, there are going to be some, some, hard, some hard days where you're going to cry through a lot of the things you're unpacking. I know for me, um, I had a breakthrough I'm going to say it was probably like two months ago and it was with the name thing. And I just was so triggered. I was like, yo, I, w- I don't want to be triggered by hearing my pa- by hearing or reading my past name anymore. Mm. Like, I don't want to be triggered by that anymore. That's something that I want to be able to move through, move past. And I just don't want it to affect me on an emotional level anymore. You know, because I, I, we can talk about my family, but like I do not associate with my family, but a lot of times like they would still call me my past name. And I'm like, hey, like that's not my name. And it would still trigger me to the point where I'm like angry, you know, where, where it's something that I'm talking about for multiple days upon days. So as I was working through that, you know, I like to talk to myself out loud because, I mean, who else to talk to than the most the smartest person I know, you know? <laughs> which is me. <laughs> no, but I, but seriously, I got, anytime I'm unpacking things, I like to either turn on my voice note, my voice memo, or I like to uh, record myself, like look at myself in the face and just really watch myself process my emotions. Um, I don't know why I like to do that, but that's my thing. Some people like to journal. Um, some people like to, I don't like to talk to other people. I like to, to talk internally because shadow work, that's what some people call shadow work. And so I literally was just talking to myself. I'm walking on the treadmill. It's like five o'clock in the morning. I work out early as crap. So it's like five o'clock in the morning. I'm walking on the treadmill and I cut my camera and I just started talking to myself. And I was just like, yo, I don't know why I'm so afraid to even say this out loud. I don't know why I'm so afraid to even talk to myself, to say my past name. I said it for so many years of my life, even though it makes me uncomfortable. Like I really need to push and move past that. So I just literally started talking to myself and just and as I'm talking, as I'm talking, and I finally built the courage to like say my past name, like the full name to myself, I said, I just kept repeating it, kept repeating it, kept repeating it. And I was just like, you're safe. You're okay. Like, it's okay. Like, it's okay. I just kept, kept telling myself that it's okay. And as I'm saying that, like tears just started to just roll down my face. And I'm just like, yo, like, it's like, I don't know. It's like the baby version of me just started like to hug me internally, like, really as I'm unpacking these things and it was just, it got real deep, real fast. And I was like, Oh man, I feel good afterwards. But I say all that to say that whoever is going through that mental aspect of things, man, just understand that there are going to be some days that are going to be better than others. Um, This process is a journey. You will, you may cry a lot, um, but it gets a little harder before it gets better. It always does. It, things are always a little bit more difficult before they, they get better. So don't be afraid to do it. You know, don't talk yourself out of it. Don't keep putting it off because the healed version of you is just waiting for you on the other side of on the other side of whatever it is you need to do. Mm, that's so good. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you for that. You <laughs> Why was, I think you was talking to me. You know, because you was talking to me. Like you you coming up with some really good nuggets and I and I like that. Um I, I wanted to touch on just a real quickly that you are in the military. Am I correct? You are officer in the, in the army. Yeah. First Lieutenant. 
first lieutenant in in the military. I know I wanted to join uh, the Navy when I first got out of high school. I did the test every day. But, you know, the military is always known. I felt that it was a way, you know, that they would shame me for who I was at that time and how I identified. And when we talk when we talk about systems, when you think of the military, that's like the United States government. That's like the biggest branch of a system that we can think of. And I and I didn't want to subject to myself to that because I wasn't really ready. I wasn't mentally ready or anything to handle that. So I didn't do it. But you're in the military and as an officer, first lieutenant, how has your journey been in the military as you transition? Uh, So I joined, um, I actually joined the military. I was 24 years old. I joined back in 2014, 24 years old. So I was a lot older, had already experienced life uh, prior to. So I wasn't like those young 18, 19 year olds. Um, I waited until Don't Ask, Don't Tell was the way. Like that Don't Ask, Don't Tell. When I was in college, I was like, man, I should join the military. Don't ask, don't tell what's going on. I was like, I'm not going to pretend to be nobody else for a little bit of change. Like, never. I, like, no matter what job I have, either you're going to accept me and love me for me or you ain't You ain't the job for me. Like, I'll, I'll hustle and bustle. I'll do whatever I got to do, but I'm not going to sell my soul for a few bucks. I'm good. Um, but being in the military itself, uh, man, it is, uh, it's a different life, man. It, it's a different life. I have to turn it on and off. It's a, It can be a lot. I ain't going to lie to you. And then on top of that, you know, being someone who, you know, originally when I joined, I was a masculine, you know, masculine presenting female, masculine presenting woman, my bad, was, um, it, it was, it's different. It's different. And now as I'm stepping into this space and like, I'm, I'm already out to my unit. Like I came out to them um, a few months ago. We had a, <laughs> we had a transgender awareness class. So it was like a transgender like policy. Like they talked about the transgender mm-hmm. policy with the military and it basically just kind of all boiled down to like treat people with dignity and respect. Once your name and gender market updated in Deers, the expectation is for you to exist as that gender with height and weight, PG tests, mm-hmm. bathrooms, everything. Right. So people start getting a little, a little silly, asking stupid shit, excuse my language, but stupid stuff like, what if we're downrange and someone is transitioning from male to female and they're using the bathroom or they're taking a shower, like they're going to have their genitals all out. And I'm just like, what? I literally stopped the entire class. I was like, what land do y'all live in mm. where you think that somebody who's already uncomfortable within their body is going to put themselves in a situation where they're going to continue or they're going to be ridiculed. Mm. I said, I said, I'm going to be honest with you. I said, for those who, who have not kind of put two and two together, I said, I am transitioning from female to male and whatever is going on with my body is my business and it's my business alone. So at the end of the day, do you think I'm really going to be out here in these open showers with you dudes and be like, yeah, I'm trans. I'm got my body up. Like, no, I'm going to wait till all you suckers go to sleep. And once y'all go to sleep, I'm going to sneak in and jump my shower and I'm going to get in and out. Like, mm. what is wrong with y'all? So it's just like these crazy, like, scenarios. And it's always men. Like, cisgender heterosexual men, they have these fantasies, I uh, guess, of, like, all these crazy situations, whatever. But, like, existing in the military as someone who is trans, transitioning, honestly, the big, the hardest part for me so far has been the whole man thing. Like. I don't get called ma'am or she anywhere else but the military because they cannot say he and I cannot use the male latrine and I cannot use any type of male facilities or nothing like that until my uh, my gender marker has changed in the system. So that for me, that's been the most frustrating part is constantly getting the she and the misgendering. It's been like the one thing that like makes my my ass itch is, is that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want your ass itching. No. Man, I swear I put lotion on it. I swear. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see how that's that's triggering too as well. Oh, as yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It lights a fire under me, like to get, get my paperwork uh underway. Cause at first I was like, ah, it doesn't bother me. Ah, I'm fine. It's like now I'm a year, you know, a year and a like a year into my transition. I'm just kind of like, okay, um, nobody's looking at you as a woman. So you got to get your stuff together. Like get your paperwork pushed through, stop BSing. Like you need to get this done because every time I go to drill, it's it's so triggering. Like when the guys are like, she, her, her, I'm like, yo, like, bro, like, all right, I'm ready to be like, Hey man, I ain't no woman here. Stop calling me that. 
Like I'm ready to just like put a nip, like nip that in the bud. I didn't think it would be that deep for me, but yeah, it, it get it got real deep real fast. <laughs> yeah, I, I know as time goes on too, as you get deeper in the transition, things things is it shifts and things that you thought were okay. I know before when I you know I transitioned for years, I just recently changed my uh, F to an M on my driver's license, maybe about two years ago or so. It oh, just wow. didn't bother me. I felt like nobody need to. Tell nobody who gonna look at my license. Nobody, nobody needs to know. But then it got to a point where I'm like, well, wait a minute. I feel differently about it, so now I'm gonna move and I'm gonna change it. So it was because I had that shift, not because I wanted somebody else. I'm like, who gonna look at it other than the police if they pull me over? I don't think I'm gonna get pulled over. So nobody needs to look at it. Yeah. So you know, it's just that shift of how you, how comfortable you feel or uncomfortable you feel within yourself as time goes. Oh on. yeah, yeah. I, I mean. A lot of a lot of the guys I know they did their uh their they changed their gender marker like early on, like really early on, even before like the the changes for the hormones or whatever, they were just like, forget it, I'm changing it. Now that doesn't mean they necessarily navigated to the men's room immediately, but it's like for them, it was like something for them that made them feel like, you know what? Yeah, I this this is who I am. And it kind of it made them, it affirmed them like within themselves, like, hey. The whole government says I'm a whole, um, say I'm a man. I got I got a select service thing in the mail. They yeah. told me I gotta join the military if something happened. You know, like that's yeah. you know, it made made them feel good. So man, don't put it off. If it makes you uncomfortable, that would be my two cents. If it's something that's getting to a point where you're starting to be uncomfortable, man, it's time to go ahead and shake that. Yeah. Make it happen. Cause it's not it's not like you you already know how the process is. It's not like you can be like, hey, change my gender marker real quick, fam. Appreciate you. It's like, yeah. no, you literally have to go through legal channels to do that. And, you know, depending upon your finances, because I know in Texas, it takes, it's it's about $300 mm. to go through the courts. You know, you may be somewhere in Mississippi where it costs $70, but everybody's not financially in the space to be able to do so. You know, if, if you got an Uber Eats or whatever, like get you some coinage and get that shit taken care of. Like, Yeah, for sure do that but if you're in the military whatever makes you feel comfortable you move in that space that's all i'm gonna say (laughs) makes sense hey jay this so this is the part of the show where i like to ask the guests a random question Uh oh so i got i got a list of questions i'm at uh every i'm always adding them and so i just came up with another one last week but so now i'm at 23 questions it may or may not have anything to do with what we talked about today so i think a number between one and 23 it's, that's a hard one because my favorite number is one, but I'm trying to be different this year. So let's pick 13. 13. Okay. So this this is actually not a question, but an action, an action item. Whoa. So tell us a joke. Oh. That's an action item. <laughs> tell us a joke. All right. All right. All right. My childhood comedian been waiting for this moment my entire life. <laughs> why did the squirrel, why did the squirrel cross the street? I don't know. To show his girl he had goods. It's kind of morbid, kind of morbid, but you know. <laughs> I was thinking in my head of a squirrel crossing the street, he getting his ass ran over, and and he did. <laughs> that's that's crazy. That's funny. I got one. Uh, what do you call a three legged cow? A three legged cow. Yeah. Oh. Three legged cow. Don't know. I actually got this joke from Siri. I asked Siri a joke to tell me a joke every night before I go to bed. And so I actually got this from Siri. Oh, man. So I don't Y'all know who came out. He a little ratchet sometimes. What's, what's yeah. the what she, what So is a three-legged cow is, a cow is lean beef. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny, what? right? Cause, what? Yeah, because yeah, you got three legs of you a cow. You for sure leaning. But man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. Hey, Jay, thank you for being a guest on the show. I appreciate you. The listeners appreciate you. Thank you. Keep doing your thing. Yeah. Thank you for your service. All of that. Man, I appreciate you and um, whoever listening, man. Hey, big ups to my guy, Sean. He is killing it in the game. Man. Make sure y'all follow like the podcast. I will make sure I share it on my page as well. And uh, just be on the lookout for anything new. You know, we always we always got some things going on. But, you know, just holler at me if you need me. Um I'm always available. If you want to, you can follow me on Instagram. I will be changing my Instagram name, but for now it's I am dot J T J A Y T. Look out for Trans Talk Tuesday. And once again, if you have any questions about transitioning or just anything in general, just holler at me and I'll make myself available for you. Oh, and there's the plug. Cool. Thank you. Jay. <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to today's show. Once again, I'm your host. My name is Sean Aaron. Be sure to like, be sure to share this show out with folks in your networks. If you would like to connect with us, be sure to follow us on Instagram or Facebook. You can also visit our website at demboys.org. That's D-E-M-B-O-I-S.org. If you think you will make a great guest on this show, or maybe you have a question for myself or a future guest that you would like to hear answered on the show, please send an email to hello at themboys.org. That's H-E-L-L-O at themboys.org. Until next time, take care.